Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to the Digitally Uploaded Podcast, the companion podcast to digitallydownloaded.net. My name is Alan, I'm be hosting today, and with me we have Matt, fresh off the boat from Japan. Yeah, that's it, I'm a boat person. Yeah. I thought so. Oh, wow. where, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get sent to one of those for the, uh, concentration camps soon. Yeah, this is this is my <laughs> last podcast. <laughs> from from next week on, I'm gonna be podcasting from inside Man- uh, Manus. Oh great! Yeah. No, but they're closing that again because I want to save money. Oh, uh, that's right. I'm going to be moved to uh, political. No, podcast. Christmas Island <laughs> closed again because they oh, opened Christmas right. Island for like a month and then they've closed that. Manus is fine. Manus is still open. But yeah, Christmas Island, they've reopened that for like a month for like political whatever, and then they've just closed it. What's yeah. your favorite concentration camp? Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Australian politics aside, Trent, hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. Let's just move on. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got a few things to talk about this week, so we're just going to jump right into it. So uh, I've got some Miku music that I found under a shoe. Um, enjoy. I guess. It's awesome. Surprisingly enough, we've actually prepared for this, um, and we're going to talk a little about the Epic Games Store, because Yay! I don't know if you've noticed, ladies and gentlemen of the podcast, that there are a rather lot of games now that have sort of eschewed Steam, even just for, you know, timed exclusivity, and have moved to Epic Games Store. Um, and it's been a bit of a, bit of a, um, a bit of a whinge, shall I say, a bit of a moan, 
and I don't really quite understand it outside of people being idiots. So, with that in mind, <laughs> this is a section where Alan is going to call people idiots. I hope that you're all ready. Um, yeah, so Epic Game Store is pretty new. It came out, I want to say, last year. Wasn't it this year? Like this year? This year? It was announced um, during that uh, Games Awards. And yeah, it was announced it during start, the Games Awards. It started um, January. It was when like the free games and stuff started. So. Yes, because the first free game was like Meat Boy or something, wasn't it? No, it was um, Subnautica. Yeah, yeah. the Meat Boy was the same month. So like they had like half... Like one half is like one game, and then the second half yeah. is like another game. Yeah. I just want to say it's a fantastic system. I love that because it's full of games that I was going to play but just never had the money to buy. Is 60 Brutal on there yet? No, I've already got like a copy of that though. <laughs> I, I, I need, need another copy. Seven copies. <laughs> I need another copy it's of that. Switch now. <laughs> anyway, actually, if they had 60 Brutal on that, I'd probably get it again. <laughs> you play it again? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so it was released sort of early this year. Um, and it is a digital storefront, much like most other storefronts on the, you know, PC world. Um, so what you then have is competition for Steam, and Steam, realizing how terrible of a service it actually is, went, oh, shit, like that fat man from um, uh, from The Simpsons, you know, who's, oh, shit, should have told him that. Like, that's that. That is Steam. So they are now trying to really push back against them, and then you have these loyal people who are loyal to Steam because loyalty to a brand is a... Steam's not a monopoly. Yeah, it's definitely not a monopoly. No. <laughs> it's actually more of an Uno. <laughs> I'm the funniest man alive. Yeah, so yeah, people complaining about that now, and it's dumb. Matt, what do you think? <laughs> I'm framing this in a very specific way. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Um, <laughs> yes. I don't know. I... I don't play that many games on PC and stuff, so um, it's all a little bit amusing to me because I'm watching it from a distance unfold. I haven't even, you know, delved into the epic thingy yet. Um, not really, not really much reason for me to at this stage. But the thing that I find really weird is it's like free. Um, yeah, who gives a shit? <laughs> so you you just download it, and then if you want to play a game that's exclusive on it, you buy the game on it and it's no different to buying a game on Steam or mm. GOG or Gamers Gate, not Gamergate, thank God, Gamers Gate, um, like or Itch. I bet or... they play what's your favorite concentration game. <laughs> there's like a thousand. <laughs> there's like a thousand different platforms uh, that you can buy buy and play games off, and I don't understand why people are getting in such a tizzy because Epic just happens to have a bit of money to throw around to get some exclusives on there. Like, I mean, if if distribution platform definitely does, like, yeah, if this thing was like a, a subscription thing where you had to pay for it, or if it wasn't free to download in the first place, if you had to buy the platform itself, then I could understand why some people would be a bit miffed that they have to go and buy another one and spend yeah. more money to access these games, but they don't, it's free. And it's maybe it's not as good as platform, yeah. yeah, exactly. And maybe it's not as good as Steam. Maybe it's not as good a platform. Maybe it doesn't have all the features that Steam has because, you know, this is a new one and Steam's been around for, what, 15 years, 20 years now. So anybody, Yeah, exactly. Anybody who thinks that it's going to have the same feature set as Steam right out the gates is, well, pretty stupid. Yeah. But so, yeah, I accept that maybe it's not as good a platform right now. But if you have to play a game on it, then I just don't understand why people are getting upset about this except for... If you assume that they're they're stupid people, <laughs> it's a 
Wow, okay. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's the only explanation. That is the only explanation yeah. that actually works. Like, <laughs> there is no other one. Where's my rant, which ends in people calling them? uh, Where's my rant, which then ends in me calling them stupid? I feel like Alan's had his rant, and it ends with "they're stupid people." And then Matt's had his rant, and it's like "they're stupid people." Where's my rant? You have your rant now. I'm already having my rant. He's already in. Yeah, you got it out the way. (laughs) Yes, Uh, but yeah, I I don't understand it. I mean, uh, but again, I play a lot of console games, and I'm used to game's been exclusive on consoles and if i don't have the console i don't play the game i'm not exactly shook up that i miss the occasional xbox exclusive um and that crackdown three yeah 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 what a masterpiece that is exclusives are forza and oh, i own an xbox and i'm an exploit uh, exploit <laughs> xbox loyalist. you are an exploit you are an exploit um <laughs> i i, I kind of wished i played played ori when ori was exclusive to xbox but at the yeah. same time, I wasn't going to go and buy the console for it, and I didn't go online and go, "Oh, how dare Microsoft get an exclusive? This is this is anti I don't know what is it, anti freedom of speech? Is that what they're talking about? Is no, that the argument they, they're making? It's their right to play it on whatever they want. Ah, oh, right, it's their right, of course. Yeah, gamers have it's, lots of rights. Gamers are the most stuff. oppressed culture, Matt. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, so I think the thing else that I want to bring out is that Epic Games Store has a better like revenue split for developers. So why wouldn't they do this is the question. And if you're an indie dev and you've got an actually good indie game that isn't just a shit, like, asset flip nonsense game, like, why wouldn't you apply for Epic? It just makes Ooh, sense. I have opinions on this, Alan. Oh, you do? Yeah, I do. I, I have opinions. Matt has opinions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it's kind, of, it's kind of tangent, but um, Go for it. what I've heard is that, or what I've read is that Epic's promising to be more curative about yes. store. yeah okay mm-hmm. so that's good and bad um the good is that it you know epic can stop the asset flipping nonsense that, it can stop rape day being put on a fucking platform yeah it, it stops that kind of stuff um but at the same time there's always a problem with curation as well and the problem is somebody's deciding what's good enough for the platform and that doesn't matter so much with triple A's because triple A developers or even mid tier developers, they can just push stuff through uh, and you know put public pressure on them to let through and all that kind of stuff. It's the indie developers that actually kind of suffer from that because the indie developers don't have any clout. And basically, if Epic decides that this game that a one person person team made is not what they like then they can kind of block it from the store entirely. So while I have issues with Valve um, and it's kind of, we're an open platform, but we're not really an open platform, but we're an open platform, but we're not really an open platform. We'll let your games on, but then we won't let your games on. While I, 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 Valve has issues with the way it does things as well, I think Valve's principle that um, they don't curate is actually, well, it has its positive sides as well. It has... It has an argument for and against, I guess. Yeah, so going back to 2009 and 10, roughly when I was starting PC gaming, like properly starting PC gaming, Valve had Steam as an incredibly exclusive site, and there was a whole bunch of really good things about that because if you bought a game on Steam, you were pretty much guaranteed that it wasn't going to be shit. But like, if you go onto Steam now and you pick a game at random, you're going to end up 99% of the time with just... like It's a clicker game where you touch... like muffins 
There's dumb. What the hell? I would actually play that. Yeah, you would. I know. That's, like, that's the worst part. Is, is I know you would. Game like Rock want, Simulator or something. I no. want a Switch port of the Muffin Touching game. Matt, I do. I really do. I want this game. Okay, I'm gonna read de- this as I'm gonna develop a game for idiot people. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna make that game if that game's not on the store. I'm actually gonna go and find that game now, Alan. Muffin Touching game. Let's Google that up. And the thing is, with indie games that are actually good, like when you can tell there's an actually good indie game, that will get traction anyway. Like if you have it on itch.io, if you have it on, um, on um, what's it called? Uh, good old games. If you have it on all that, of those other platforms, you will still get traction if your game is good. Realistically, like I know a lot of games that will do quite well even without having Steam as a backup because Steam is a goddamn nightmare. Even the Switch versions of games are doing better now because they are a more curated platform and more visible. Like barely, that is, barely more curated. <laughs> yeah, it is It is still pretty shit on Switch. Better. <laughs> there's, there's still quite an overwhelming co- amount of content and there's still a few more cheaper stuff which is coming through. Life of Black Tiger. <laughs> no, the the problem. Oh, I guess a problem. The the problem with um, the Switch or the PS4 or the Xbox for those developers that make the really cruddy um, trash games to make a quick was it, was buck. That RPG. The, the problem with those ones. Um, that's Skylight Freelance. Yeah, right? oh, yeah. Uh, the problem with <laughs> with consoles for those games is they actually cost money to be a developer for, so you actually have to invest in them. Uh, whereas Steam is a much cheaper platform. Mm. So if you you know, if you're really that kind of amateurish or you're that kind of trashy uh, and happy to churn out something really bad every week, you might only make a hundred bucks from it from the, you know, 10 suckers you convinced to buy it. That's not economically viable on the Switch or the PS4, but you can do it on Steam and kind yeah. of get away with it. So, but yeah. You that, because you're evil. Yeah, so I, I guess the quality control on the consoles is the fact that you still need to have some skin in the game as a developer, uh, which is probably a good thing, to be honest. Um, yeah, and I mean, I think... go up and go in art gallery with your but even... artwork and then be like, <laughs> have it, put it on display next to the Mona Lisa, fuck you. But <laughs> even then, like, um, uh, um... It, it, even then, uh, those kind of really tiny micro indies that are only one person and they're just creating something, they're not universally bad games. Um, they oh, might no, not have... That... They might not have any money to get them onto consoles and whatever. And that's so, why itch is so good. Yeah, that's why itch is good, and that's why Valve again. Valve has mm-hmm. arguments for and against, and I think yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's difficult because I mean to go back to your comment earlier about that trashy rape simulator game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that game is obviously something that should never existed, and whoever made it should probably be blasted off the planet in a nuclear on a nuclear missile straight into the sun. I'd be for that submarine, a nuclear submarine into the sun. <laughs> yes, sick. That would be great. But um, seriously, that that game is absolutely terrible. But again, I mean, if if you curate a platform and your platform is basically a, a blanket, no sexual violence t- as a topic. Um, that sounds good until you realize that there are some examples of art out there where sexual violence is an important well, theme. The difference is that it's exploitation versus discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. I think that they would be aware of that. Oh, you don't know curators very well, Alan. Um, the thing is, I mean, if you think about curators in a similar light to you think about censors, uh, classification boards or whatever, these people are still people with their own 
particular biases and, and preferences and you know, sensitivities. And you hit those sensitivities, even if you've done it in a way that is important, they may well just get their back up, backs up about it. So I do have concerns about curation and the Epic Store. Um, mm. We but, have yet to see anything go horribly wrong. So in the next year, if something goes horribly wrong, we'll know. Oh, it's the games industry. Something's going to go horribly wrong. Yeah. That said, I'm fine with curation to a degree because indie developers have gone to the point where, um, you know, you say that you've got things like the Rock Simulator, you've got like, you know, the really crappy games on Steam. Like, it's sort of the point, it's like, oh, my first game, I developed it. I'm going to put it on Steam. I'm going to have to get monetization in it. Like, it, everything's at the point where it's like, oh, I've made like a little tiny project in like Unity. It has to be uh, monetized now. Let's put it on the Switch store. Let's put it on Steam. Let's put it on Itch. I don't know. Like, there seems to be that influx of like um, those sort of games right now. Garage developers. Yeah, they're and like, if it's not if it's not Steam, they're throwing them onto the Apple Store um, or yeah, Android. Clive Palmer's Aussie Adventures. Yeah, and believe me, I get. 20,000 press releases from these developers a day saying, hey, look, I developed the game. I'm so proud of myself. Please write about it. And I feel bad kind of because they, they obviously Do you care. really want to write about this? <laughs> Do you really? Yeah, You're probably not. I mean, I mean, have you actually read my reviews if I don't like running a, a game? Guys, yeah. come on. Yeah. I'm, but I'm very disappointed, Alan. I've just Google searched and there's no muffin touching game. Good. So, you know, get on that. All right, well, with that, we have a game store. I'm going to have some music now. I don't know what music will be. I'm going to pick something cool. No, it's got to be something. We've got to, we've got to tell our listeners what they're looking forward to. Um, 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 um. Let's go with... Let's go with something from Sekiro, since that's new and hot.
And welcome back from Sekiro Shadows Die twice. Um, so, moving on from No, it's not twice. No. I'm playing it now. It's a lot more than twice, I can tell you. Oh, dear. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like... Everyone, it's everyone's like infected in your game already, man. Twice, twice to a very exponential number that's probably higher than the number of... Twice to the power of two. <laughs> twice to the power of however many stars there are on the, in, in the universe. It's... it's twice the power of Google on. Once I got up to twice, they stopped counting because it was like you know just getting too high. They're showing off because they can they can they can do it with two two deaths. They can. They got all the cheat codes on. Bastards. Classic Miyazaki. Um, moving on from the Epic Games Store discussion we just had, it was a pretty high high profile game that got announced for the Epic Games Store for six months exclusivity, and that was Borderlands Three. Wait, wait, wait! Hang on. People are complaining because it's six months exclusive, not yes. exclusive. Oh my god, that's even worse. Can we go back to the last section and? No. I need no. to rant a little bit more. No, Matt, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's... Six months exclusive, and people are throwing attention at you. Yes, Christ. people need to. Think. Idiots! Just, if that's the biggest problem in your life, you might have the easiest life in the world. We need to shoot a whole lot of nuclear submarines into the sun. I tell you. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of them. Um, <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah, it's it's been exclusive for six months, and it was really uh, revealed as Borderlands Three, and it looks like Borderlands. So, if you like Borderlands, that's probably a good thing. But the question is, in a 2019 market, is Borderlands even relevant? No. Well, I mean, what what was what was the thing that people liked about Borderlands? Right? It was a okay. fairly open. It, it was fairly open. It was fairly open, right? So fairly open. It had a lot of different guns, and it had RPG mechanics in like a, a shooter. It was right? the first like Diablo game. Yeah, it, 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 it. Yeah, exactly. It was like Diablo shooter. Um, what do they call them? Uh, looter shooters. Now I hate that term, but anyway, shooters. Looter shooters. Looters. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> All of those things that Borderlands did and people liked about it has kind of been done way better. And I hate to say that I'm actually, I can't, I can't believe I'm actually saying better in the context of Destiny, but like way better it's by really the cool. likes of Destiny. Um, even uh, Anthem. No, no, okay, no, that's the that's the line I'm going to say. Yes, but <laughs> we're talking about Borderlands here, dude. Yeah, Borderlands, Borderlands actually isn't that bad. So. Um, Neither's Anthem. It's not technically that bad. I mean, it was made in twelve months, Matt. <laughs> it's not good. It's Neither's impressive. Um, so, Borderlands One came out at a time where it was the first of its kind, um, and as a result, it sort of got away with a lot of stuff that probably shouldn't have been gotten away from. There's a lot of stuff in Borderlands that makes you really think about like how blur the game can really be. Like, a lot of the maps are very open and big, and it's a very you know, PS3, Xbox 360 generation style design where everything's large for no reason. And if your car broke in the middle of nowhere, that would mean that you're running across an empty plane like it's PUBG in 2009 for, you know, like 10 minutes just trying to get to one side of the map. And it's boring as shit. And I went back and played Borderlands 1 um, by myself a little bit because they just released the Game of the Year edition on Steam for free, which was cool. Um... If you already own Borderlands 1, you get all the DLC, you get some upgrades from 2, which is nice. It's a good thing that they did that. However, it made me realize how limited the game is. And then when you compare it to something more modern and well thought out, like Destiny 2, which actually a really good game. I played a lot of Destiny 2. 
which is weird for me because it's an online only like open world looter shooter thing which i probably wouldn't have enjoyed um they just don't appear to have learned anything from that based upon the initial trailer i could be wrong i want to be wrong i want them to prove me otherwise i want them to lose their flash drive and start again um but like oh i, I don't know how well it's going to do it's going to have guaranteed sales like it's going to sell well that's the issue it's just if it's going to be it's 2009 again but with shitty internet humor that's really outdated well that was the thing that always kind of annoyed me about borderlands um it lacked lacked any kind of um, narrative that I was interested in. There was nothing to get me invested in it. And when, and I guess that's my problem with the looter shooter genre as a whole. Um, These things are just so cyclical in terms of the way that they ask you to play, you know, you do a mission, which is never much of a storytelling experience. It's just a go here, shoot this, come back. You do that, you get a bit of loot, which makes you a little bit more powerful. But what's the point? Because the enemies are also getting a little bit more powerful along with you. So mm. it's just this endless scaling of everything. It's like scale, 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 yeah, scale. It, and yeah, you end up looking more impressive, like with your guns and stuff. They're more impressive and you start glowing in greens and blues and whatever, um, which is cool, I guess. But it's just, the, it's just so pointless. It's just busy work. It's like the worst of mobile games. And somehow these developers have... Game. It's like Clash of Clans, but somehow these developers have managed to convince people to spend, you know, 90 bucks for it up front and then whatever DLC they churn out as well. It's just this genre annoys me and Borderlands 3 is not going to break away from it. It's certainly not going to revolutionize it because Randy can't do anything that doesn't have magic in it. Magic in it, um, especially since he's lost his flash drives. He's a very lost lost man is our Reggie. Richie? Uh, Reggie? Reggie. He's, <laughs> Reggie. He's become a singular person. Randy. <laughs> Our Randy has lost his, his Randy Randy flash drive, so he's not the same person he used to. Uh, it was only for research. But the girl <laughs> question was just 18. <laughs> it's all for research. Yeah, it's all for research. A but... fucking medieval co- what is happening at Gearbox? <laughs> Gearbox, Gearbox is like the most dude bro of dude bro, I guess. And oh, they, but they like they have good people on their team, and that is led by the biggest wank. <laughs> what have they? What has Gearbox ever done that uh, I would actually? Band like? of Brothers. Uh, uh, yeah, is it Band of Brothers? No, it's um. Duke Nukem. No, God, no. Forever, yes. Um, I think it says a lot that they got they acquired the license for Duke Nukem. That says a lot about that company's culture or lack thereof. Brothers in Arms, uh, actually like a really good game series, barely made by Randy. Love it. Yeah. Okay. So we're going right into the kind of the more obscure titles with them. So yeah. yeah, it it just I don't know. This company, I don't have any faith in in terms of their ability to do anything Use interesting magic. with the general. They they lucked in with creating the shooter looter. Um looter shooter whatever you want to call it they lucked in by kind of creating that and good on them for that but those games have been you know improved upon and yeah. if i was going to play one oh jesus i might i'd probably play destiny maybe tom clancy i don't know but yeah. anyway it looks really Destiny's good anyway, from a gameplay standpoint like it's horrible and apolitical of course but like it apparently is quite well made and i think the fact that borderlands seems to not be learning anything from like the modern looter shooters is a bit, it's a bit risky on their part. Especially like I love the pre-sequel because it's made in Australia by my Australian brethren, and all the characters are Australian have bloody ochre accents. You, um, 
So I love that game, but it, it was sort of already by that point feeling quite tired as a... That's why it's got the great nickname of Boganlands. I enjoy Boganlands. That's a really good name, actually. Thank you for introducing that to me, Trent. That's fantastic. <laughs> I really like Boganlands. Um, yeah, like it, it was still the exact same formula with a couple of new things, like having zero gravity areas and having air fuel stuff. And the characters were better. And also it was not written by a fucking chimp. Um, honestly, if they have Claptrap doing a floss in this game, I'm going to just like yeet it out of my building. You know, they're going to, you know, oh, that's, yeah. that's an inevitability. There's going to be flossing. It's probably going to be Claptrap doing it and he'll whip as well. He'll oh yeah, for sure. It, it, It'll be, it's just an endless stream of, that's the other thing with Borderlands, I guess those games age badly quickly because there's so one is the best one because it doesn't have that stupid shit in it because they're so reliant on kind of the, the meme culture and that culture moves on very quickly um yeah like you have a meme and it's dead within a week but they reference it in a game for like 20 minutes and it's like i don't care yeah and by the time you know three or four years down the track no one's even going to recognize what that meme's about so 90 percent of the humor is lost which is you know it's uh, so lazy it's it's lazy it's time limited it's it's shallow it's it doesn't show any kind of insights so. and like comedy in games is very hard to do because the player is controlling the timing and jokes are all about timing so like i get why it's really like easy and it makes sense to go for those cheap idiot jokes but like oh god it's so grating like playing borderlands 2 is rough it's so rough because you have bits like butt stallion and it's like this is shit like, I'm not laughing. I'm getting annoyed by how trash your comedy is. It's not funny. It's yeah. not funny, Matt. Memes were never funny, even when they first came out. I'm, I'm sort of the old man, which, like, like, you know, kind of thing when it comes to memes. But, you know, like, I was like that when I was a kid. Like, memes were never cool. Like, you know, maybe all your, all your base was okay, but... And I think it's dumb. <laughs> it's, like, legitimately tied towards my generation of, like, early to mid-20-year-olds. And it makes me want to die. <laughs> it's not a good sign, Randy. <laughs> Go back oh, to making Randy. a game. Randy, Randy. I almost wish he didn't lose that flash drive, because when he has the flash drive, I think he's less motivated to work. Touch. He's, he's less motivated to work. And when he's less motivated to work, he actually doesn't make games, which is a good thing. Yeah, instead he just sues people for yeah. telling you this shit. What if Broderlands 3 was a 1 versus 100? Look, honestly, would not be surprised. Anyway, <laughs> that's what it is now. It'll be- when you think about it, fucking PUBG and all that sort of stuff is just a direct development on looter shooters because you go down, you loot, and you shoot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, they're all the same. I mean, all games are the same these days. And that's got that weird Minecraft mechanic in it where you build like a little house and for some reason it's trying to build like a community, like you build stuff while you're doing like the whole looter shooting. It's like, why? What's the point? Mm. Yeah. Red, Dead, Red Dead Redemption's just a looter shooter. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because you can loot people's bodies for cans of beans. beans. I respect that. All right, well, with that, Borderlands 3, yay or nay, I'm going to give it a meh. Yeah, I, let's put it this way. Unless the reviews are like uh, you know, 110 out of 100, um, I'm still not going to look at it, actually. I'll probably buy it if my friend buys it. I'm yeah, that's the thing. Is if, if I've got enough friends <laughs> who buy it to peer pressure me into buying it, I probably will. Actually, yeah, we should probably finish this segment on a positive note. If you're absolutely drunk crazy, then Borderlands is kind of funny. 
Yeah. Also, like if with friends, with mates, friends around. Yeah. 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 It, mates, it's a good time because you can just dick around for hours. And yeah. Not achieve anything and be a massive idiot. And that's but I have to, I have to emphasize you do need to be drunk. Yeah, every time I played Borderlands and Borderlands 2, it was under the consumption of alcohol. So that's probably that's yeah. probably why I don't have bad memories of those games. Why you don't have memories? Full stop. <laughs> don't have memories of those games. Full stop. You've, you've been hungover, so hungover you forgot to remember. Which is probably the best way to go, really. Yeah, good on you. And with that, we're gonna go to some music from Borderlands. <laughs> <laughs> It's my turn to talk now. Um, we've muzzled Alan a little bit, um, mostly because he's still ranting, actually, about Randy. So he's still actually... ranting. <laughs> oh dear! Ha 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 ha! Um, 
that's a Final Fantasy Ten joke. We would. Before we started the podcast, it's we were laughing at Final Fantasy X because Titus's laugh is just the worst thing ever. Um, but <laughs> we are going to talk about Sekiro for the last section of the podcast because I have the microphone and I'm playing Sekiro and I want to talk about it since I didn't get a chance to review it because it came out when I was in Japan. Um, yeah, but doing it in real life and dying twice in real life. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, so I picked it up when I got back, and um, I'm plowing through it now, and I like it. I like it a lot. It's good. It's it's very good. Um, putting aside the discussion that everybody's been having about how whether it should the have a discussion. Yeah. Every time From Software releases a game, we have to have this conversation about whether From Software's game should have easy modes. And I don't want to have that conversation because mostly I just want to say if you want an easy mode, don't play it. Um well, I don't want an easy mode. I just want it to be playable, if that makes sense. If, if I'm like a really bad gamer because I'm a journalist and I want to play this game, it doesn't work. <laughs> if you're a really bad gamer, because you're a journalist. <laughs> uh, that's this is going places. Um, okay, so Sekiro <laughs> is both harder and not harder than from software's previous games. I'll say that. Uh, it's harder in the sense that it is faster. It is very fast, actually. I think the developers have done a really good job of, well, you know, with um with Dark Souls, how it was the kind of gothic. It's a clunky, slow game. Because Dark Souls is that kind of gothic medieval knights in armor kind of uh, aesthetic and and theme and setting, so that kind of heavy armor and that weight weightiness and the slowness to everything actually made thematic sense. I think Bloodborne did a very similar thing because it was that kind of vicious um, Victorian England transitioning into the kind of more modern horror, uh, cosmic horror kind of setting, and again that kind of the, it, it was a little bit faster and a little bit more visceral. Um, and it worked. So Sekiro, you play as um, a ninja. Uh, you play as Sekiro, the one-armed wolf. You play as the one-armed wolf, and yes, you're a ninja, which means you are very agile, incredibly agile. And then it makes sense that in that kind of agility, uh, you the, the combat system itself, the, the fighting is actually very fast-paced. The challenge, I guess, is because it's so fast-paced, it requires really high levels of precision in, in terms of the you know, uh, the, the boss battles especially, and you need to really master the deflection system, the parry system, which requires very precise timing. When it's sped up as fast as it is, that's quite difficult. So it is difficult in that sense, but at the same time, it's a little bit less complex in terms of the mechanics, I think, than the previous games. It's a little bit more straightforward. It's a little bit easier to instantly kind of understand. And as long as you can get into that point, where you are just reacting to what you're seeing on screen, as long as you can get into the rhythms of the game, That's it's actually a lot easier. It seems like these games are trending more and more to becoming rhythm action games rather than actually anything else, just because you do end up getting into that sort of vibe and mood of the game where you are just watching for animations and watching for... Because there's three different types of dodge in this game. There's parry, there's um, jump, and there's roll. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So it's like um, knowing what sort of like response you should have to a situation and responding in that way. It's like playing Guitar Hero, but with, yeah. that, with ninjas. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's certainly got a rhythm to the combat system. Um, and yeah, it, it's mostly about, it's almost Zen-like where you yeah. kind of get into that space where you're just focused on a very small point on the screen. And once yeah. you get to that point where you can just focus on that small point and kind of drown out any other distractions and just go with the flow of what the game's asking, it's actually not, 
that difficult. I'm not finding it as hard to make progress through bosses and things. I usually die a couple of times, not just twice, but a couple of times. Um, <laughs> I can't, I can't <laughs> stop making that joke. It's pretty bad. Um, but yeah, I, I usually die a couple of times with each boss, but there is a point where it all kind of clicks. And then once it clicks, I actually just roll them quite quickly. Mm. Which is, which I actually good. really like as well how this game isn't really about shipping down health bars because I feel like yes. that, that can be very, very annoying, especially in certain Souls games where you have here like bosses that have a lot of health. It can sort of feel like you're slapping a wall with a glove. Yeah, it doesn't. It's definitely not a war of, of, of attrition like the Souls games are. Um, because you can basically knock a boss's entire health bar off in one hit as long as what you've done is you've parried effectively, mm. you've counter-attacked effectively, you've built up their stress meter or whatever the hell they call it. Once it gets full, you get... I believe. Yeah, whatever they call it. Uh, once it gets full, you can do an uh, you know, instant kill attack. Um, and that's really an impressive system because if you do go at it with the intention on slowly chipping the boss's health bar down, you're going to fail. Uh, mm. If you try and play it like like Dark Souls you, or any other action game, really, you are going to fail. You actually need this game really encourages you, you to be aggressive and really go after the enemy because button they're. Mashing. It's not no. button mashing. It's it's still rhythmical uh, and it's still uh, precision based and timing based. But um, if you let the boss step back or if you spend too long ducking and diving out the way, their little stress bar again, whatever they call it, that reduces really quickly, which means mm. that you are that far away from being able to actually defeat them. So I like as well that it sort of punishes you for having to heal as well. Like you are healing up and you're getting a bit of your time back, but you're also letting your enemy do the same. Exactly. Exactly. Which is, it's like playing an online game, really. It's it seems pretty fair in that regard. Yes, it's very fair. I don't think I haven't encountered anything once I got into the way the system works, because like everybody else, I started to play it just like I would Neo or Dark Souls. Mm. And I was getting pretty comprehensively beaten by even kind of common enemies. But once I got in the swing of actually how the game works, um, I found it very fair and if not more fair than the other ones. Because with those other games, you have to really learn to memorize every single different attack that a boss might throw at you. Mm. With this one, you don't need to necessarily recognize them. You just need to recognize the timing of when that strike's going to hit you. When it might hit you, yeah. Yeah. So in actual fact, and you're going to hate me for saying this, Alan, I kind of compare it to the way that uh, Dead or Alive's combat system works. No, in that, it's, it's in it's that, very it's, Yeah, it's very about... Be, it, it, the, the whole secret to success in the game is learning how to counter mm. and learning the kind of telltale signs of when to press that button and... Yeah, I find it quite impressive that way. Um, I'll be interested to see if this turns me into a pro in Dead or Alive. That would be pretty neat as a bonus. Yeah, like I don't know. The, the game seems to be very focused around the animations, which I think is hugely impressive given that we're at the point where animations can be that detailed that you'll be able to tell just by looking at it. I think that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, in theory, you could have the enemies doing a billion different attacks and... Um, you know, as long as you can keep programming, but it wouldn't matter because you wouldn't have to memorize them. You'd actually just be responding to them yeah. in kind of real time, which is, it's neat. I like it. Very the one, the one thing I don't like about Sekiro is the narrative and storytelling and setting, which is going to sound weird because I'm such a huge fan of Japan and stuff. <laughs> but this game, this game is such a Activision got to it kind of. So it's like Ghost of Tsushima. 
I haven't played Ghost of Tsushima yet, so I'm trying not to talk too much about it because if I do, I start to rant and then Alan starts to roll his eyes at me and it's just not a pretty, pretty moment for the podcast. But I don't know. If if I'm going to... It's getting self-aware. <laughs> I'm going to slowly, slowly. You're, you're teaching me, Alan. You're teaching me good. I'm one of your students. Oh, um, <laughs> so, oh, mentally. Um, <laughs> Same, honestly. Um, I don't know. I played Neo, for example. Um, I, I love Neo because it was set in Sengoku era and it took the names and kind of rough kind of personalities and settings of that era and really kind of threw in the fantasy over the top or uh, a lot of fantasy over the top but it was still grounded in some kind of reality Sekiro doesn't do any of that and it's just um there's there's no relation really to the real Japan it feels it feels like a Dark Souls world that's slightly it feels like a Dark Souls world minus the research perhaps I get the sense that because from software is Japanese, obviously, they actually went to a lot of effort to really research Europe <laughs> to make uh, Dark Souls. I feel that they just threw in what they already knew <laughs> about their own country into Sekiro. There's not that same sense of um, there's not that same sense of authenticity about it. It feels much more plastic. <laughs> which is also possibly Activision. I would be surprised if Activision didn't pull them aside at some stage and say, hey, you know what? Um, nobody needs to, you know, you don't need to throw in the real names because nobody cares about that stuff. The bell's um, for you, Matt. Yeah. yeah there's <laughs> the bell. Alan's bell's going on in the background. I swear that is just the Dark Souls bell through and through. Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not happy with the way the story's been told. It's also lost. It's a more direct story than the Souls games. Um, it's mm. actually got cutscenes and stuff. And you've got a main and, character with a voice. And the main character's got a voice, and he's basically like um, Solid Snake, but with less personality. Um, and here. Yeah, he's got the same voice, like that really gruff, gruff voice. I don't know why. Why does every stealthy dude have to have a really gruff voice? Because it show the fact that they're actually very strong. Did they all yeah. like have their yeah. vocal cords snapped or something at some stage? And I don't know. It, it's weird. But anyway, the the story doesn't. It's not that interesting. It's like some dude's been kidnapped. I don't mm. really care. I uh, just have to kill stuff to get to him. To anything else, though, I just do want to mention this difficulty debate very, very briefly. I think the reason there's no difficulty thing in this game is that it would be very hard to alter the difficulty, given that it's so dependent on animation. And even if you just reduce damage values, like that's kind of reducing the point of the game. Yeah, that's um Yeah. And like I get it if like you want to play this game, but like if you can't play it, then I don't know. It's not really not really the developer's fault, I guess. Yeah, I've never I, I don't really like this debate because I don't know, I'm kind of both minds. I get that some yeah, people... I, yeah, if you need it, then I understand, but also like in a game like this where it is the point. Yeah, yeah. It, it because it kind of ties into that accessibility story, um, and yeah. argument and I, I get it. Like I do get that the difficulty of games like Sekiro are off such a standard that there are people who will never be able to finish the game and that kind of excludes them from it. And I don't like the idea of excluding people from anything to do with video games. Because it's um, stupid, mostly. Yeah, the more the more inclusive, the better. But at the same time, I, I do honestly believe, whether they're right or wrong, I, I do honestly believe that From Software honestly believes that their games don't work with an easy mode. 
Yeah. And that's why they don't have them. Because you can be sure, I, I 110%, 120%, 200% guarantee that Activision of all companies would be the one to sit down and say, you guys have to explain to us why you can't have an easy mode. Because Activision of all companies what? would want to make sure that every single person can play the game that you know, possible. Mm -hmm. So there would have been one massive board fight. <laughs> like the Miyazaki would have been absolutely screaming at some suit-wearing white dude at Activision, probably Bobby. That would be funny. Um, is there, that that would be one hell of a fight. In, but, in, you know, while he lays off a billion people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there, it would be a huge fight. I mean, Activision of all companies, and I have my issues with Activision, like everybody else who has a brain. But yeah. they of all companies know how they to make push for game. It. Yeah, how to make games accessible to the maximum number of people, and they would have fought as hard as they could to get from software to do something to make it, you know, accessible. Yes. So the fact that From Software obviously pushed back and, and stopped that from happening, mm, I would suggest that means that they honestly believe in the creative vision that their games need to be you, uncompromising you in terms of playing. Yeah, yeah, uncompromising in terms of the difficulty. There, there cannot be a compromise. And again, you don't have to agree with that, but I think it's important that we respect the artist's right to do that. Um, yeah. Criti criticize the game for being too hard, that's fine, but don't try and suggest that if the you, If you don't like the game, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, yeah, criticize the game. Um, say it's too hard, that's fine. I you know, certainly agree that it would be too hard for a lot of people, but yeah. don't try and say that From Software has to make an easy mode to respect the player because that's a load of crap. Yeah. Absolute load of crap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's a fairly reasonable stance to have. Yeah. Like generally, again, this every single year this debate happens because a new From Souls game comes out or a game inspired by From Souls, and it's like, great, I can't wait to have this same idiot slap fight. About yeah, it, hap it happens every time. It's every time, and it kind of it annoys me because it actually stops the conversation, yeah, you know, being about anything else but the difficulty. It's just From Souls. Yeah, you know, we we should, every every second article, virtually every article, in fact, about. You know, Sekiro has been about the difficulty, nothing about the world design, nothing about the narrative, nothing about you know talking about the historical context or the issues with it, uh, which is much more interesting and important discussions. Mm. Yeah, uh, it but... annoys me. I, I can't stand it when these the games industry has these kind of uh, moments of mass hysteria, and yeah. you know they they just forget everything else. Always about. they focus on the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. It's not just the media, of course. It's the gamers too. Because <laughs> yeah, they're, they're too busy getting mad about having to buy a game on a slightly different store. Yeah, they had to target not to EB, Matt. Yeah, exactly. Or or frame rates in visual novels or whatever. Um, <laughs> it's got to be sixty frames per I second. That, I am that frame rate person. <laughs> it is me. Hello. <laughs> For visual novels, dude. Oh uh, yeah, with all the visual novels that I play. Persona yeah. 4 was in 60 FPS. Persona 4 was in, most definitely not 60 FPS. On Vita, yeah, it was. What was? In the Vita, in Golden. It was 60? Yeah. Really? Yeah, in the gameplay section. Really? I think so. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Uh, okay. I think. S speaking of, did you hear the rumors or the, the yeah. guy didn't... Yeah. The guy didn't come out and say that he's not going to do Persona 4 again? Like... They're thinking of it. That'd be good on the Switch. I would love but, if they just did that in the Persona 5 engine because it's yeah, that's exactly good. right. In fact, I'd be quite happy if they forgot that Persona 5 existed. Um, Ooh, I like P5. I just started playing it again. It's good. You started playing it again. Yeah, because I hate myself. 
Alan. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's not going to be fun. How, how many of the hours are you in of the 374 um, hours it takes three. to finish? <laughs> but I'm, so, the, I'm just skipping past a lot of the dialogues. I already know it. Yeah, so you'll be finished probably, what, about 2022? Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, Sekiro, go buy it if you like hard games. But don't if you don't. Yeah. Don't right. expect it to be nice to you because it's not, it's not going to be. <laughs> and with that, I reckon we'll probably just end it there and play some different music. Maybe we'll play some Persona 5 music. Okay, you can do that. Persona 5 had a pretty good soundtrack. It's fantastic. I have a CD. In it's my pretty room. chill. It's yeah. pretty chill. I actually use some of the soundtrack as my study music. Do you now? Yeah, you know the, the song when it's raining outside and you're in Cafe LeBlanc? And it's like, ah, oh, that's a good song. I love that song. It's a very good study song. Anyway, it's I'm going for that one now. <laughs> All right. Yeah, one. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and glad to be back. It was like three weeks since we last did the last yeah. one. So, um, yeah, it was good. And we will be back next week as well. Awesome. See you all next week. Without a sign, without grasping it, the real question to be asked, where have I been? At post masquerade Hiding both face and mind All free for you to draw I'm a chef What else should I be? Please don't take off my mask Revealing
Don't take off my mask, my disguise. 